Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask the questions and I answer, but I have my special partner in crime, Kristen Williams, a DPT. That stands for Doctor of Physical Therapy and you can also find her as a lit senior staff member specialist of movement on the Lit Daily. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you, Laura. Glad to be here. I know. I feel like I could say a lot more about you, but uh, anyway, I will. <laughs> Let's begin. Yoga yoga with Tegan. We know Tegan. Yay, Tegan. She says, I need help with sciatic pain originating from L4. I've been struggling with it for over three years. dun da da Sciatic is such a, like, a you know, as PTs, we're always like, eh, sciatic is such a junk term. And honestly, I would say, I'm gonna let her, t- yes. So it's like, I we're gonna have to see you move, sister, <laughs> right? And and um, so I'm guessing when, usually when someone says sciatica, they have some sort of butt and leg pain going on. Yeah. Um, because the sciatic nerve um, is this big, fat nerve that runs right through your butt. It comes from your lower back and extends all the nerves down your leg. And so while most nerves are like spaghetti or linguine, your sciatic nerve is the size of your pinky. So think of the size difference. It's this big fatty that goes right through your butt. So it's very impingeable. It's very pinchable. Um, And it's true, gentlemen, if you've got fat fingers, you've got a bigger SI joint. They have done studies on cadavers and they... You mean sciatica? So yeah, SI joint. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have you have a big the bigger your fingers are the bigger your sciatic nerve is I, apparently they've done cadaver studies on it so <laughs> that could be a fun hey you know what that you know what it means when I have a big pinky and the the girl's like what and like I have a big sciatic nerve too <laughs> ah this is great I love it <laughs> very sensitive down there <laughs> <laughs> sorry Tegan all right so I mean I know Tegan as being 
very flexible. So Mm -hmm. she's not someone who you would think, oh, wow, she's just tight. That's why she's having these issues. Um, She's also very strong from, from what I can observe when I watch her practice. So she would be someone, I agree with you, Laura, we would have to watch her move. And I would almost look or talk with Tegan about, you know, what is her daily activity like? You know, what what could possibly be compromising either the spine, the SI joint, the hips, or certainly the just the soft tissue structures throughout the leg? Because I also talk to a lot of my patients, think of your nerves as telephone wires. And I love when birds sit on wires. And it amazes me that you can have like a thousand birds on the wire and it doesn't like slouch, right? But I like to think of my nerves as, okay, we all have birds on the wire. And you, you might have a disc that's impinging or bulging. That's one bird. You might have some narrowing in, your, in the canal your, of your facet joint where the neural foramina, where the nerve comes out. That's another bird. You might have tight hip. That's another bird. You might have tight hamstrings, blah, 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 blah. So my goal as a physical therapist is to get as many birds off the wire to take tension off that sciatic nerve. And there are some birds that I can't do anything about. I can't do anything about spinal stenosis. I personally can't. Spinal stenosis, by the way, for everybody, I'll be the translator. That's when you have like a narrowing, like the bone is, uh, that, that canal has, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, those are degenerative changes. We can't do anything about degenerative disc. Those are birds that are not going anywhere. However, they can pull a hundred people off the street, do an MRI of all of them, and 70 some percent of people will have those things and have no pain. So we got a lot of birds sitting on those wires, just like the birds you see out on the wires on a traditional day that aren't causing any effect. They're not affecting the transmission of the signal through that telephone wire. It's when we get those big birds that we can affect and change. So for you, Tegan, it would really be like, I would say watching how you're sitting in your, in your work, in your, uh, how you're moving throughout the day, where might you be? I would almost guess a hypermobility, you know, where you're sinking into that sciatic nerve. Right? Is that kind of where your brain's going, Laura, with this? Knowing t- Abs- absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I love that. It's like, there could be a pterodactyl on that wire. <laughs> you know, you got to get the heavy bird off. What I know, and this is interesting because uh, I would say the fact that she already said L4 makes my brain go, okay, she's moving probably in her lumbosacral area in lieu of somewhere like that, like that hypermobility and, and getting more of that compression. So if you were to trace down, there's five lumbar vertebrae and then the sacrum and the space between L- L4 and L5, that transition right before the sacrum is going to be more mobile. And so people moving there you know, over and over again, or like sinking into there, even like if you're standing. So Tegan, I would say like, are you standing with your knees kind of hyperextended or locked back and and pushing your pelvis forward and, and compressing that way. And this is, a, again, over time, this is probably what has created some of that. And then from just watching you move, you move one time, Tegan, but I'll describe this for everybody else. I was watching you in, in the next class, you weren't doing it, which was great because you're a dancer. So that's another thing. Dan- years of dance probably have contributed to it. And you immediately got what I was saying. So she was in a three-legged down dog and doing a hop. And when she was 
lift switching in from the down dog, her spine, her thoracic spine was extended. But then when she started to hop, she rounded. And what that revealed to me is she's trying to move probably in that area. Like she's trying to lift, you were trying to lift your pelvis from the lower lumbar spine, as opposed to keep the entire spine rigid and stiff and move from your hip, your bottom hip, your bottom foot and hip. And so she would round. And then that means you have to kind of overcome that roundedness of the thoracic spine. And you're probably doing it in the lumbar spine. You know, it's like you're fighting each other and you did it differently the next time. So I'd say work on that because it's these little movement patterns that you probably don't even realize where you've just gotten used to moving from there. So I think that was a great question that probably a lot of people could relate to. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So the next question is of Avisha, Avishita, A-V-E-C-H-I-T-A. How to lessen my, quote, apparently chronic hip pain. MRI and x-ray seem fine. Well, we don't know where the hip pain is coming from, but I'm kind of assuming it's going to be anterior. That's usually, I mean, it could be posterior, but usually people when in the posterior, they start talking about their low, low back. So hip pain, I mean, I'm thinking anterior hip pain is probably it, right? Is that what you're... People, yeah, anterior or that lateral, like almost like lateral, lateral yeah. anteric, yeah, bursitis. Yeah, so we'll address both not knowing which you're talking about. Uh, anterior hip pain, I can address, and then I'll let you take over the lateral. Anterior hip pain, um, that means the front of the hip, is all of this, again, goes back to posture. Posture uh, is your starting point for your mechanics. So if your pelvis is... Tip tilted at all, it does affect the way your hip moves. And think again, the bowl of the pelvis is on top of these two, you know, the femurs and then the balls that the ball, the femurs there. And the movement of the pelvis is moving over the ball. And the movement of the hip is the ball moving within the, the bowl of the pelvis. So you want your your body is made for that hip to move so many trillions of cycles. It's a large synovial joint. It has just like this great capacity. But if you have some deviation in your posture that the hip is less mobile, the tissues around it, you know, adapt to that less mobile state. So first start with trying to get your pelvis neutral. And the way to get pelvis neutral is the way I'd love to hear how you like instruct your patients in the clinic. But the way we talked about it, like in my teacher training and stuff is, you know, look at your front pelvic points, these two bones at the front, they're called your ASISs, and then find your pubic bone. And that's like a triangle. And in general, that's, that should be around the same plane. In other words, there's, you know, it's not a perfect thing, but if you, if you were to look down, if your pubic bone is way dipped back and you're two front pelvic points are forward, that's called an anterior tilt. That's that you're moving, the bowl of the pelvis is moving forward. That's pretty common because of the um, just the enormous amount of time people are spent sitting. They can also slouch back and posterior tilt, but a lot of times from the sitting position with the hips in this shortened state, when we get up to stand, our front hip uh, muscles are, and the tissues there are restricted. And so we just adapt to that. So that's the long story. And the thing is, if you just adapt to it over time and you know you go to a doctor and that's all they're looking at and they look at x-ray and MRI and they see nothing, 
a good doctor is going to address posture, but I can't, I can't tell you the number of people, and I'm sure you're the same way. Like I've seen people who've gone to four or five doctors, had pain for years, whether it's neck, shoulder, low back, hip, knee, and no one, no specialist ever looked at posture. And I was like, are you kidding? Like that would be the first thing I would look at. So it's that we're so used to in this modern medical model, which is, you know, westernized medicine to look at the compartments, you know, like here's your hip, here's your knee and not look at the surrounding joints and how they um, have any effect. That's what about anterior hip pain. How about you, Kristen? Yeah, well, and I think exactly what you said there is be be mindful of the fact that your MRI and your X-ray are snapshots. They're snapshots in a specific position. When those are negative, I tend to, like you said, you say look at posture. I say look at posture and look at movement pattern too. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. how, you know, how, we, seeing you move and seeing that mobility of the joint. So whether your hip can look, can be completely normal on film and yet you come in to see me and it's super tight, you know, your, your joint capsule, which is like the ligaments that hold the bones together are super tight. And by simply opening that up, people find a ton of relief. So, you know, that is with hip pain is dramatically improved by physical therapy, hands-on work, coupled with exercise. So a lot of the stuff that we do in LIT are self-mobilizations, even a simple low lunge with a like a, a, a chop, like a lawnmower chop is a great way to mobilize that, that leg that's down, that hip. You are, like you said, Laura, when the leg is planted, you are rotating the pelvis around the ball while you're rotating the hip. So for someone like you who has this quote-unquote chronic hip pain, whether it's anterior, lateral hip pain tends to be what I find a lot of times people are really tight in actually, Laura, the anterior hip. So they've lost a ton of anterior hip mobility. They've lost some posterolateral mobility of the joint as well. I get in there with some straps, with some stretches. I give them stuff to do, very similar to what we do on the mat. And they're able to restore that movement, which then decreases their pain because there isn't a structural issue. It's a movement issue, and which can affect any side, antero, posterolateral, the hip. And then also coming back to let's look elsewhere. Let's look up into the thoracic spine. Because like you said with Tegan, when you're moving, are you not moving in your chest? So you're moving you know, through the hip too much. Or are you weak in the core? So you, you know, again, are putting too much pressure through the hip. So a lot of times that is where a movement specialist of some sort, whether it's a physical therapist, where it, whether it's a really educated yoga teacher, whether it's a personal trainer, whoever it might be, someone watching you and looking at you. And this is where modern medicine does fail. You come in, they are forced to see too many people at once. So you see the doctor for less than five minutes. They don't really have, they don't take the time to watch you move. That is the beauty of physical therapy. And I was fortunate enough when I was working in the clinic to have a place that gave me a full half hour with people every single time. And I saw the same person. So I got very comfortable with them and their movement and their body. And simply educating people how to move properly, how to have good posture, 
and how to mobilize what's tight, strengthen what's weak, and stabilize what's hypermobile allows the body to heal itself. So I would encourage you to find someone to look at you. I mean, I know Laura does privates. You know, I do privates. There are a lot of people out there that, that can watch you move and help you out dramatically. Yeah. And what I'll say about that, I totally agree, is that if you find a really, really great person, it is worth whatever you pay because one time with that really good specialist is going to give you the education. And if you follow through with it, like Kristen said, the body is so, it wants to find that balance, that homeostasis, that beautiful like spot where we feel really good and balanced. And so you know, even if you have something that's chronic, do not give up. You, you wouldn't be like people move just for a few minutes in the kind of correct way with guidance and they feel different. It's really that magical. And that's, what's so amazing is we, you know, we're made to move and we're made to move well. And if you haven't been moving that well, it's never too late to learn. Okay. Last question here. Hmm. And we got a lot. Let's see. This is a patellofemoral one. So I think I will take this because people do talk about since we haven't really had one with the knee. A, say, fit, these are all hard, blah, blah, blah. A, say, featuring, I don't know what that is. F-I-E-R-I-D-D-E-R-I-N-G. Ask, are there exercises I can do to cure my patellofemoral syndrome? Help. <laughs> go, go for it, Kristen. Yeah, help. I know. Right to the point. Yes. Once again, video yourself. Uh, Ace, I'm just this first name right here. She um, video yourself, watch yourself move. I just yesterday did a, a private um, with a young girl who has this medial knee pain, and uh, you know she's young, she's fit, but it, I literally she did one semi squat, and I was like, ding, 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 ding. You know the knee needs to track over the foot. You gotta have good tracking with your movement. We're bringing it right back to where we were with a former person. It's how are you moving? So are you, number one, are you, is the knee tracking correctly? Number two, are you using your butt enough? I mean, Laura, we preach this day in and day out, hip hinge, hip hinge, hip hinge. So often when people bend down to pick something up or just if they're playing tennis and they're going for a reach, they aren't getting back into their butt. So they're overusing their quads and the quad the kneecap sits right into that, that patellar tendon of the quad and it just bangs into your femur over and over and over again. And so once again, we're looking at structure. So videotape yourself doing whatever it is you do on a re regular basis. If you're a runner, videotape yourself running. Watch yourself in slow motion. Can you make little changes? I talked to this girl about keeping the window, the space between her knees was closing because she was internally rotating it at the hip, collapsing at the ankle, just Get on a treadmill, watch yourself run, keep that window open. We talked about single leg mini squats, watching the tracking of the knee. Like we do this so much in yoga where we're coming from knee to chest to airplane or knee to chest to, you know, we're watching how we move. Usually the telephemoral pain is caused from a dysfunction at the hip or the ankle. Knees are really dumb. All they want to do is bend and straighten. When they start moving side to side and that kneecap starts slipping up out of the little groove, femoral groove that it, that, it's, that it sits in, you get that irritation. So video self, watch yourself and make proper changes. That would be my big thing. What about you, Laura? I would say the same. Uh, just adding on to that, vary your activity too, because 
you know, obviously do the things that Kristen just said. But in addition to that, if you're just doing one thing, like just running or just biking or something that is in that, you know, sagittal plane, you're more likely to have those imbalances around the hip and weaknesses there, restrictions in other places, pressing into the the femur, into the patella. So move in a variety of ways too, so that you can feel that your body can experience that movement and have the freedom of the movement as well. So it has kind of those choices and that will, again, help the knee so much. So we move like, again, in our lit classes, we move laterally because how often are you moving laterally in life? You're not a lot. Well, that helps to doing the hip hinge again, but you're pulling the tissues a little bit differently and putting um, demand on the, the, the lateral hip in a different way. So I would say just like all the stuff Kristen said, have somebody mo- look at you, look at yourself, look how you're bending over. The The femur is this long bone in the thigh. And it, it and when you start to bend, you should be bending in your hips, right? It, and this, and you go back into your glutes like she was talking about. If you don't, you'll that femur will be driven forward into the patella. And then you add on to that, that like some kind of lacking of um, outer hip stability and that the knee will then drop in. So the patella then gets that, you know, um, malalignment. So really watch it. You, the way you're going to quote, cure yourself is you got to pay attention. (laughs) And, you know, that is, it's such a good metaphor for life. Like we can really improve so many things in our life by paying attention and by not just kind of going, you know, on autopilot. So that's my final word. All right. Well, thank you, Kristen. I love your wisdom. I love you. You can find Kristen on The Lit Daily as well. We have a two-week free trial. You have to go in there and try all of uh, her classes. She has so many great ones and even more to come. And I'm always excited to talk PT with my sister from another mister. Yeah. And to all of you, thank you so much. As always, I'm pulling for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.